Hey. Is this working? It's working. You are on. This is where you have to go. Is this on? <laughs> so so here's here's something that's been rattling around in my mind. I'm just going to throw it out there because I, I haven't actually published the little post I wrote up on it. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, Rick Rubin. Uh, oh, I, yeah, the I founder of D- on... Def Jam Records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you happen to see the I, – I posted a link to this video. Uh, it's on Devour. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, okay. So here's here's the upshot of it. Um, he uh, – Rolling Stone did a little mini documentary with him going back to uh, his, the dorm and his dorm room where he founded Def Jam Records. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's it's really it's really neat. Um, about the early days of hip hop, but but uh, he said something in it that just like made me pause, stop, mm-hmm. get out quote book, write it down, tweet about it. Like, okay, yes, this is it. So the the the, hmm, the, the problem. Oh, no, 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 no. What we're going to talk about this? I know we are. We already are. We are. Okay. We're already talking about it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So you're like going to play this? We, of course. Okay. All right. We're talking about it. The only thing okay. I was looking at was I was trying to figure out what you actually, what the tweet was, what the quote was. That's what I'm waiting for. Okay. All right. All right. So the quote was, nothing that happened was intentional. Nothing. Everything was about trying to make something cool for our friends that they would like. Interesting. That right there, mm-hmm. that right there is the world's most successful business plan. Expo- okay, okay. No, I, I get that. So explain why, why you think that is. All right, here's here's the deal. I'm betting anything. You know, this is Rick Rubin, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Rick Rubin has not only pretty much, you know, was essential in the 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 birth of 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 hip hop across the nature, nation. You know, ran Def Jam Records out of his dorm room. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like yep. you know, the first several years of Def Jam, the business address was his dorm room at NYU, um, and he ran it out of there. And he used the mail room at the dorm for his shipping department. Mm-hmm. Um, and for him. That was that was his measurement of success. It wasn't about the record sales. It wasn't about the you know. He was just trying to. He he found this cool thing. He thought it was cool. He said, "Hey, I should put this on records, and you know, so I can pass it out to my friends." Yep. And, and he also he also did like some cool stuff later on with American Records and stuff with Johnny Cash. Like that album, yeah. I remember. Like, I mean, Hurt, Johnny Cash covering Nine Inch Nails. Come on. Yeah, well, and basically, basically, if you look at the rest of his career and you apply that statement to it, you're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. It makes perfectly good sense. I mean, here's a guy who probably is still operating off of this simple driving premise. He's sure he's made millions of dollars. Sure, you know, he's he's you know, relaunched and and rescued the careers of, you know, li- living legends, not just Johnny Cash, um, but but others, you know, Tom Petty and and others, um, you know, not only one of the most respected producers in, in, in history. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you go to Wikipedia and you look at the discography of albums he has credit on, I mean, it's 
hundreds and hundreds of albums. You know, he pretty much has shaped music for the past 15, 20 years. Yep. He's reinvented a lot of stuff. He has reinvented a lot of stuff. He's reinvented a lot of folks. Um, He's reinvented a lot of genres. He he just produced uh, Eminem's latest album too, I think, didn't he? I think um, he did. He was in the no. video, that's for sure. Oh well, then there you go. He right? was he was in uh, Berserk, I think, was the the, the single because I know yeah. when, I know I, I it's one of those ones that uh, and actually funny the lyrics of that song is uh, oh man what's the lyrics like let yourself go let you go Berserk is then it's like about but the go Berserk thing that 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 Eminem says isn't about like just going crazy it's about like. Intent, like just going berserk on the one thing, which yeah. is kind of like what Ruben does, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. know, you but, know, but in a very, you know, I mean, I, I love this idea that nothing about it was intentional. He didn't set out thinking, okay, I'm going to go out and oh, I've I've uncovered this rap thing that's happening and no one's really recording it, and so I'm going to take it and co-op black culture and make millions of dollars off of it. Mm-hmm. No. He was just like, okay, I got to find a cool way to share this with my friends and to find these guys that are out there playing the clubs and playing the parties and not getting any, any, you know, no one else is hearing them. Other people have to hear this. My friends have to hear this. And so I've got to figure out a way to make that happen. Have you, and he's still doing it. Yeah. Have you still running his business that way? Have you heard of Girl Talk? I have. Okay. So there's another example. I'm sure he didn't go, how do I combine popular songs from the past with, like, how do I combine all these songs to make something so that I have a sustainable business model that will last for eons? I mean, he he just went in and said, this sounds awesome. I want to, and, and I mean, heck, it doesn't even go by his, he uses a pseudonym on stage. And his, I mean, actually, it's funny. The reason I mentioned that is because when I was in, in St. Paul at your place, uh, you know, before I was waiting, I think it was, I was just playing Girl Talk in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and it's cool it. stuff, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> and so now the thing is, I think nothing that the results weren't, but the intent was to make something cool. If you have the intent to make something cool and you focus on that, and I mean, I don't mean like, I don't mean like I am going to focus on this. It's just you just dive in. That's when I think, like you said, like that's when the magic can really happen, right? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, granted, there are so many other factors that go in between, say, making the cool things for your friends and, you know, becoming one of the most successful producers in music history, right? Luck would be part of that for sure. Oh, yeah. Luck would be part of that. Timing would be part of that. Dozens of other factors would be, uh, part of that most of them out of your control Mm -hmm. but here's one thing one thing i want to say about that and that is that if if millions of dollars and becoming famous is your intention most of that and your definition of success most of that is out of your control yep Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, that that shouldn't be a measure of success. I'm just saying that that shouldn't be the only measure of success. Right. And as a matter of fact, maybe you should start to measure success from a point that you do have some some control over. And that is making cool stuff that you that your friends like. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're a writer. Don't, you know, think about, oh, I'm going to become some famous author. Blah, blah, blah. Start with, 
you know, I want to write a book that I think my friends will think is cool. You know, I want to write something that I think is is fun for my my wife to read or, you know, or my buddy to read or, you know, what have you. If you're an artist, you know, make art for your house and for your friends' houses and that you think would look good hanging on their walls. Because if you start there, the chances are very good that your friends are just everyday people, like other everyday people. And if they like it chances are good that other people will like it too and not just some other people millions of other people and if millions of other people like it then you just have to focus on how to get it in front of those millions of other people put a fair price on it can we talk about dash plus for a second because i think this is part this falls into that i think you mean dash sure. plus that was something useful for you right oh and, and, yeah and, completely well and, and then others saw you you shared it because yeah. you're like, hey, this is cool. This is how I move things forward without getting bogged down in, in minutia and stuff like that. Yeah, and, 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 and also and here's, here's yeah. how I keep track of and easily scan down a list to see what's been done, what hasn't been done, and, and, and where it is in the process. So what's happened since then? You've got there, – there's been an app created, which has helped yeah. other people, not just yeah. people who use the app, but the schools and the students and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. Been, for, for those who don't know – um uh david mendels who uh who actually is the person who did the app he he just borrowed my system i really had no input other than you know testing it and giving it giving my feedback where it was warranted um uh so yeah he did it and he donates um those profits to uh, uh, schools, uh, specifically right now in Indonesia, because that's where he lives. Uh, he's got a program that puts iPads and learning materials, uh, digital learning materials, into the hands of, uh, of of kids. It's called the School in a Box uh, Project, and and basically, you know, uh, an iPad with the right learning materials in a classroom can completely transform, uh, you know, thirty children's lives. So see, so Dave saw that, thought it was cool, and built mm-hmm. upon it, and built upon yeah. it, and look at like, I mean, even, uh, and the funny thing is, is that when you look at what Rick Rubin's done, I mean, he's continued to build upon and evolve his stuff as well, right? Like yeah. something cool, take it, and he just keeps taking things to the next level. I never seen him a visual of him or at least paid attention until I saw the video for Berserk. And I'm like, who is that old dude that looks like <laughs> he looks like Brian Johnson from Comic Book Man? <laughs> I'm like, who is that? and he's and, and and he looked badass. Like he just you know yeah, yeah. He, he didn't look like a biker dude. Didn't look like any, he just looked he honestly looked to me like Brian if you watch Comic Book Man uh, no. <laughs> okay, so it's 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 basically Kevin Smith's comic book shop. It's on AMC, and it, there's a guy named Brian Johnson who's there, and he's he doesn't work there. He just hangs out there all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, he looks like this guy, and 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 I'm like, this is amazing that this guy is. And again, I think that if you like, and we a bunch of us are doing this. Like, look, Mike Curley's created Relay FM, and it's something cool. And he he did it. I mean. It, there's so much of that going on. And if your end game is to make focus on that thing that really you want to make, that's cool. Focus on the, I'm seeing money come in because of that, not because I wanted to make money doing that. If that makes any sense. It it does. It does make sense. Um, And, but at the same time, also, I think, you know, one of the problems with our culture is that we have held up uh, money as as yeah. perhaps the only totem of success. And in fact, I'd say that that 
uh, you know, the money is a byproduct of the actual success, right? right? It's not, you know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. success was achieved long before the money starts rolling in. Well, and I think it's important to, for people who want to make something cool and be able to focus on that stuff is that they need to say, okay, well, how can I maintain a lifestyle that allows me to do that as opposed to living beyond my means so that I have to do something else? Yeah, yeah. Because right? that, that's a huge problem too. Yeah, you know, I think that that's that that's a big one. You know, it goes along with my axiom that I I, I say often, which is that there's uh, there's two ways to uh, have more money. Um, that is either to make more or to spend less, and only one of those is completely within your control. See, it's funny, you know. Back to the quote, um, I obviously have uh, well had a podcast. By the time this airs, the workflowing will be no more, mm-hmm. um, but I started this podcast not because. Uh, for, let's face it i was doing a lot already yeah. <laughs> i didn't need to yeah. but i wanted to do something that i i thought would be different and i like doing this stuff i mean the fact that you and i when we when we finally got to meet each other in person i mean it would have been great and i saw you you tweet out uh you could we could have recorded several of our conversations oh, I mean, so in, in the bookstore and you know i mean there were so many spots that that could be done um, and, and for me, it was like, I just want to make, make this stuff because I like making it and I know other people like making it and I have fun doing it. And it's, it's, it's cool. Like people, the paper episode that I did for this one where, you know, I mean, I thought that was great. Uh, I yeah, love talking I about that stuff. I yeah. love talking about that stuff and that stuff doesn't, wasn't getting served on that podcast necessarily, not because of, you know, it just wasn't the forum. And I'm like, yeah. I need a cool forum to do this. This is the cool forum. And I, you know, let's see what we can do. And okay, you know what? If people want to support it via Patreon, that's fine. If they don't, that's also cool because I'm just doing this because I enjoy doing it. And, and, and people are listening and, and that's, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's huge. And, and I think, now, do you think Ruben frames his, like, do you think he just goes and says, oh, I'm, I'm going to frame my day to support the building of this stuff? Or does he just use that as the, like, I've got to build this stuff and, oh, it's time to like. Do you think he frames it or do you think he just kind of goes with the flow? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, once, uh, once you get to a certain level of, you know, of success, you don't really get much control over your day. Uh, I mean, seriously, I mean, it sounds sad, but it's true, right? You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I was, uh, at, uh, at one of my wife's clients, uh, is is a circus school and and uh beatrix takes circus there Mm -hmm. and uh the assistant to the uh to the founder and and uh you know executive director um uh was discussing something i overheard her discussing somebody something with somebody about you know okay so when is this happening you know, uh, what's the date? And, and she was like, yeah, well, I already told Dan, you know, he, he said that it was on his calendar and his assistant said, no, no, you don't understand. It's not on my calendar. And I, I put things on his calendar. If it's not on mine, it doesn't exist for him. So tell me when the date is and I'll make sure that he's there. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, and I think when you get to a certain level of success and a certain level of organizational sizing on whatever, I think that unfortunately 
you no longer have the time to even schedule your day, to even manage your own calendar. Mm -hmm. You know, you have so many demands on it that you actually have to hire people to play basically firewall for, Mm -hmm. you know, for you to have the time to do the things that you need to do. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that Rick Rubin, you know, gets up in the morning, looks at, you know, okay, who's the artist I'm producing today? Terrific. You know, what time do I have to be at the studio? Great. All right, uh, let's go. And that's pretty. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And 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 that's pretty much it. But I think that he probably has in the back of his mind, you know, gosh, wouldn't it be great to make a record with insert, you know, David Bowie or you know, Mick Jagger or, or is he, you know, Iggy Azalea or uh, you know, whoever, right? Mm-hmm. And. You know, and that at least a part of uh, a big part of his day is also, you know, the millions of other, you know, recording artists that would love to have Rick Rubin produce their record and are, you know, trying to approach him to do so. Um, You know, luckily, he's probably in a position where he can cherry pick. But, you know, I do think that it is my guess. I I don't know Rick Rubin. I have no idea. It just seems to me, just based upon that interview and based upon what I've read of him and whatever, that he is still very much driven by, wow, wouldn't it be cool if that that's like, you know, his mission statement. (laughs) No, he probably gets goosebumps every time he produces something awesome. Well, exactly. You know, know? and there's nothing better. I mean – you know, smiling, all that stuff. But I know there's moments, I'm sure you happen to, where you get goosebumps and it's like, ah. Oh. You know, like that. Like, I just did, like, uh, you know, and it, it can be something as small as, like, a really, you know, just kind of a, a great conversation uh, that you're putting out there or, a, you know, well-written piece of material, whatever you want to put out there. I mean, when yeah. I when I wrote, I got to be honest, when you put the strike-through system in, your, in, in the cramped, I was like, yes. But, but it was, and I got goosebumps, <laughs> but... But by the same token, and this is where I think the the other aspect happens, where maybe intent does come into play, at least for me, is I'm like, okay, I got it. I'm, it's now this thing is is more real than it ever was before because one of my friends thinks this is kind of cool. Uh, I know others have as well. Now I need to go. Okay, how do I how do I how do I make this even cooler? Yeah, you know, like like I want to make and and I mean I've I've not really shared this too much, but I'm gonna I want to make like little PDFs, design them so that people could put them inside the different size notebooks that they might buy, so like a field notes or a moleskin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, like those kind of things. And and someone's like, oh well, you gonna put that behind? I'm like, no, I'll just I'll, I'll give those away. You know, yeah. like <laughs> like why not? Well, you know, I, uh, uh, Anna Reiner of uh, Well Appointed Desk. Uh, oh, this was weeks ago on her on her site. Um, put out these little downloadable lined page templates where you know, like six millimeter widths, seven millimeter widths, eight millimeter width, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that you can print off at, in the different sizes um, for different size notebooks. So, for instance, if you are like me and you like blank notebooks, but you'd like to maybe. Um, put a lined page behind it so that when you write, the writing stays straight. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Basically, to add lines to a non-lined notebook to keep the writing straight, but also to then be able to, you know, take that sheet out and have a 
a blank page. See, that's so simple. It's right. It's, so <laughs> simple. She just gave it away. Yeah. That's like totally like changed my game in so many ways. And well, the bu- look at my notebooks have them. Look right? at the bullet journal. There's another, I mean, there's so yeah. many different, I mean, and now look what's happened with that. I mean, writers oh got gosh. a campaign and I mean, I've got the, the it's, I'm, it's so I'm just, how can I, how can I figure out how to, how to make, I don't know, uh, tens of thousands of dollars uh, off of, Dash Plus, I, I I gotta figure that out. Well, I mean, and and uh, the Jesse from New <laughs> Year, they're doing the Week Dominator and stuff like that. I oh mean, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. those. Uh, well, and, and and my friend Garrick swears by the New Year calendar. Yep. He's got several in his home. That yeah, I've got. Hey, I, I yeah. just started using mine. I mean, the post I put in my newsletter uh, this week, this past week rather. Um, I've already started to frame it. Like I've already started to put my year up there. And I, I, that is my first point of contact when I'm like, what do I need to do for the rest of the year? I know I need to look at this calendar because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going to overcommit myself and all my sabbatical weeks are on there. And a big bright family vacation is staring at me in the face, which is so nice to see, but you know, I mean, yeah. so, and my three words are up there. So, I mean, there's lots of these little innovations that are really cool. And some of them are so simple. And I mean, think about it. I mean, back to the recruit, I mean, Johnny Cash singing Hurt. Yeah. So simple and so... Di- I mean, I've listened to both tracks. Obviously, I'm a big Trent Reznor fan. And I wasn't a big Johnny Cash fan. But as soon as I saw that song and the and the video, oh, yeah. just the, the look. And I think, didn't his wife... His wife had just passed or something yeah, like that? Yeah, June. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. But yeah. that's the... I mean, some... I, I just think that... that if we spent more time making cool stuff, like you said, and, and your tweet, making cool stuff for our friends that they would like, sounds like a solid, successful business plan. I think ultimately that's where most people started out, hopeful, or a lot of people hopefully started out, and then some people just lost their way along the way. Man, I, I want to run around to like every company I know and, and, and basically switch out their mission statement with that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before I let you go, uh, and you know, I think we're going to, I want to do this more often for, uh, I'd love to create like, like, and again, cool stuff friends would like, just like uh, co- uh, the first conversation with Patrick Rowan. The second, we could do this like every, every couple months or whatever. And it could be like just the free flowing episode of the podcast that, you know, cause we don't, I don't think we have enough of those. Yeah. So well, <laughs> I, I think that'd be cool. If we can carve, yeah. you and I can each carve out a half hour. We well, just got, I, mean, I just got to remember hit the record button when we start every yeah, single just time. Send out your little meeting doodle thing and, you know, we'll, I'll just, we'll just pick some dates yeah. between now and, you know, just for the next six months, just throw some out there and let's just throw them on the calendar. Absolutely. Now. Do you know I'm a big believer in that whole calendar? Thing? I know you are. We'll probably get um, more to that later. Hey, um, yeah. Baron Fig Apprentice, I just got mine. What do you think of them? I know you got a review, and I'll put that. In yeah, the I've, I've got a review up on the cramped. Um, uh, for for the price, the yeah. quality is very high. Yeah, I'm, I know. I, I I am I am freaking amazed by the quality for the price. I mean, they're 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 what a buck cheaper than Field Notes, and they're yep. really nice. Yeah. Now, People are going to be thrown by the size because they're kind of small. Yep. Um, I'm a little bit used to it uh, because I've used the Midori Passport size uh, notebook before. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I have really tiny ha- handwriting to begin with. I don't know if it would become kind of my everyday sort of thing. I've actually recently been surprised on my everyday sort of thing. I think I may have made a final choice when it comes to pocket notebooks. And you're going to share that but, on your blog, obviously. Well, at some point, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I'm not. 
sure about it myself yet. I, I need to settle into that idea, but I think I might have made it. See, and I have, I've still got my field notes. I've got these apprentices that, that have come my way. And then I got the Hobonichi planner, which I'm, yeah, yeah which back pocket journals, which are the Tomo river paper, uh, Tomoe or whatever. I don't know. Brad Doughty told me how I pronounce it. I forgot already. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got all of these different ones and out of them, I, I've picked a favorite. That's good. That's good. So I'm looking forward to seeing that down the line, but Patrick, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Dude, thanks for having me. Not- I, this is great. I, You know, I could talk to you forever. So seriously, I'm, I'm going to be looking for that meeting doodle. Thing. It's coming. It's coming uh, your way right after we're done this conversation. All right. I love you, Mike. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.